into the arms of Davis. And the superior team all season long was the superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rushing record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome in to the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, AJ Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. Tuesday night, the Kentucky basketball team season officially hit rock bottom as they fell to South Carolina 71-68 to as 20-point favorites in Rupp Arena, leaving Big Blue Nation in a state of shock and despair. Sam, I almost started up last episode saying that we had hit rock bottom and I had a little thought in my mind and said, well, you know what? If we lose to South Carolina, then I think that would be rock bottom. So I held off and I was hoping not to have to start this episode that way. But unfortunately, that is where we find ourselves. And Sam, when the game ended, I tried to comprehend what we had all just watched in an overwhelming feeling of fear and concern rushed over me. It was like I was paralyzed for a moment. All I could think about was, how did we get here? Why do we keep losing? This wasn't supposed to happen. Not like this. Not to us. Later in the evening, as I laid down and tried to get some sleep, those thoughts still lingered. It's the downside to living and breathing with every possession and every dribble that Kentucky has in investing your time and energy into something that ultimately you have no control over. I started to question why I even go through all this pain and agony. It's almost too much when you have such high expectations and the reality is relative to those expectations, we are failing. It hurts and the thought is nauseating. And out of nowhere, I was sent a text from my dad that gave me just a little bit of perspective on the situation, and my mind was instantly clear. The overwhelming feeling of anxiety quickly started to fade. I realized that, yes, when things aren't going well, being a diehard fan and supporter of the Kentucky Wildcats is awful. It's the worst, and like I said, it hurts. But that passion and investment in the team can also produce the greatest of times. It can produce pure joy for all of us fans and open the avenue to some of life's greatest memories. The true reason why we all stay loyal to our program and why we continue to support day in and day out. I then thought about another time when my pain as a Kentucky Wildcats basketball fan ultimately led to one of my fondest memories. In order to tell you about this memory, I need to tell you a story story that's meant to inspire you, inspire us as a fan base, and remind us of the greatest college basketball program to ever exist. 
It was the fall of 2013, and I was a 19-year-old stepping onto the campus of Michigan State University for the first time as a student. As the first few months of school passed by, my world was changing. As the winter approached, there was nothing at that time I was looking forward to more than the start of the UK basketball season. You better believe I was going to support my Wildcats even while living behind enemy lines, and anybody that came into contact contact with me throughout my college career knew that UK would always be number one to me. It was a promising time ahead for the Cats as they began the season ranked in the top five and loaded with talent. And just like this year's team, the season began with the Champions Classic and a date with the Michigan State Spartans. The weekend before the game, I was eating breakfast with my roommate at the dining hall by my dorm, and as I was leaving, I ran into Spartans forward Brandon Dawson while wearing my Kentucky basketball hoodie. He approached me and said, kid, you got some balls wearing that around here, to which I replied, we're going to beat you on Tuesday. You better get it ready for my boy Julius Randall." Dawson just laughed at me and walked away. Tuesday night rolled around as I watched Julius Randle drop 27 points. My confidence was sky high. It looked like Kentucky was going to win the game as a two and a half point favorite or two and a half point underdog. And I would have been had bragging rights across campus. Down the stretch, Michigan State fought back and they had a final shot with two, about 30 seconds left, two point lead entering into the final minute. UK needed one stop to get the ball back and have a final shot to tie or win it. We played great defense, and the Spartans missed a shot. But who was there to tip it in, to bury the Cats, and to cover the spread? Brandon Dawson. Devastating loss number one on the season, and at the time, I was convinced it was my fault. I should have never said anything to him in the cafeteria. Over the next couple months, a group of guys in my dorm would get together to watch college basketball, and I invited them all to my room to watch Kentucky travel on the road to take on Arkansas. I was fired up for the game. And it was a game that went to overtime. And as the score was tied and the clock wound down, wound down, Arkansas hoisted a shot that bounced off the rim, and from the backside, Michael Quails of the Razorbacks rose up, grabbed the rebound in flight, and slammed it into the hoop with one second left to win the game. The crowd in my dorm room burst out in cheers. All the guys watching went nuts. And within 10 seconds, I had kicked every single one of them out without thanking them for coming. Not a great look on my part, but it truly did hurt so bad. Devastating loss number two of that season. Fast forward to the beginning of March 2014, and the Wildcats had lost three out of six games down the stretch, including a loss to none other than the lowly South Carolina Gamecocks, finding themselves in a tailspin. They had a date with top five, the top five Florida Gators to end the regular season down in Gainesville, and luckily, I had tickets to the game. A Christmas present from a family member on my first trip to Gainesville. I remember being so excited, and when the day finally came, Florida boat race the Cats and won by 19 points in a game they thoroughly dominated, leaving me feeling just like I did this past Tuesday night after we lost to South Carolina. Devastating loss number three on the season and a dark time for Big Blue Nation as we were in a complete nosedive. A third loss to Florida in the SEC tournament left the Cats in a very vulnerable position going into the NCAA tournament and their path to the national championship that year 
seemed near impossible on Selection Sunday. But what happened next is something out of a movie, as the Wildcats would go on one of the greatest runs in college basketball history. They defeated Kansas State in the first round of the tournament in a hard-fought game, set the Cats up with a date with the overall number one seed in the tournament that year, the Wichita State Shockers. And this game was a shocker, as Kentucky won a thriller and moved on to face Rick Pitino in the hated Louisville Cardinals in the Sweet 16. As we all know, the Cardinals were no match, and up next was an Elite Eight matchup with the Michigan Wolverines. I remember that time very well as I sat in my dorm room one day. I received a call from my dad, and he asked me, Hey, you want to go down to Indianapolis to see the Wildcats play in person for their Elite Eight game? Hell yes, I said. I jumped at the opportunity, and we packed the car and headed to Indy. Sam and I were like little kids on Christmas morning, brimming with excitement. That day ended up being what I was talking about earlier. One of the fondest memories of my life. Watching the Wildcats compete and seeing Aaron Harrison hit the game-winning three was something that I will never forget for my entire life. A moment in time with my family that we will always cherish and we will hold a special place in our hearts. That is why we all love sports so much and that is why we give our all for the Kentucky Wildcats. I tell you this story as I stated earlier with the hopes to inspire all of us to remember that even though we may experience the saddest of times because of our passionate fandom, it can also lead to some of the greatest of times and create memories that will last a lifetime. With that being said, Sam, let's dive into this South Carolina game. And why don't you take it away from here on and break down what went wrong for the Cats the other night and why they suffered one of the worst defeats in Rupp Arena in recent memory. Yeah, I mean, that was fun to go back down Glory Road there for a second with you, AJ. That season was truly something special and is a testament to never giving up and realizing that it's never too late to come together as a team and have something special happen. That team, AJ, we remember it. They lost 10 games that season. They go into the tournament as an eight seed. No one, no one thought we could do it. And they came together as one, and they made one of the best runs in March Madness in a long time. And they go to the national championship game, AJ. I mean, we were there. It was, it was something special. It's going to take a lot to be able to replicate that this season. I, I totally know that it's not up for the faint-hearted. But I think this team can still do it. And me and you probably have gone through the grieving process after this loss to South Carolina because you said it there. This is one of the worst losses Kentucky has experienced in quite some time, AJ. We had a 24-home game streak that has been snapped by one of the worst teams, if not the worst team, in the SEC this season. It's, it's taken to this moment to hop on the podcast with you again, AJ, to feel like I'm ready to talk about. Because, you know, before I told you, if we would have hopped on right away, I probably would have just been spewing nonsense because of the anger I was in and the grief that I was in. But we've gotten past that. 
and now it's time to, to look back because we'll learn from our, our mistakes in the South Carolina game and we'll grow and we'll get better, AJ. Here's how I'll start with it. Cal said best in his post-game press conference after the loss to South Carolina. We lost that game in the first half. And that's becoming a trend, AJ. Unfortunately, we are coming out flat game after game. And I think what upset most of Big Blue Nation was, how do you come out flat after one of the most embarrassing losses in recent memory to Alabama by one of the greatest deficits we've had in a long time, dating back to that Duke game, AJ, where we got absolutely clobbered by Zion Williamson, who is one of the most dominant players in the NBA now. And this is a South Carolina team that's decent, but no one likes Zion. But it's a continued theme so far, AJ. We, we started terrible in Alabama. We started terrible at home against South Carolina, and it's happened in other games. Gonzaga, for example. It's not a good trend, and I don't understand what's the problem. Other than that, it's exactly what we talked about, AJ. We said this team has a couple of microwaves, and if you let them start cooking, then boy, are they going to cook. And that's exactly what happened in Watts, a South Carolina team that struggles in multi-areas of the basketball court, yet they find extreme success in two key areas, the perimeter and the paint. And it seems to be a terrible trend for this Kentucky Wildcats team. I don't understand it. We let South Carolina AJ shoot 11 for 20 from three-point range. That's unacceptable. Over 50% from three-point range as we knocked down only three of ten of our three-point attempts on the evening. And we still had, AJ, an opportunity to win that game. It, It was almost like... I was cheering the whole time, and I'm, I'm sure you were, AJ, but it was almost like gut-wrenching because not that I checked out, but it was like, okay, we, we are going to lose this game, and we're going to just have to learn from it. But they fought and fought and fought, and they came back, and they actually had an opportunity to win that basketball game, and we don't get it done. And I'm not necessarily going to gripe at the fact that we didn't execute down the stretch. I'm griping over the fact that we should have never been in that position because of the way we started the basketball game. You can't afford, we've talked about this, when you're playing at this high level of competition, you you can't afford major mistakes like that, AJ. You can't afford five-minute stretches where you're, you're playing bad. It's razor thin. We continue to say it. And unfortunately for a team in Kentucky that's struggling, it's even more razor thin because you're not winning basketball games solely off of your talent or your ability to hit shots. Here's the thing, AJ. I've stared at this game and the numbers, and I've rewatched the tape. The Kentucky Wildcats, other than that first 10-minute stretch or so, maybe eight-minute stretch, didn't play terrible. They really didn't. It's the fact that we allowed them over and over to hit shots that we might have been saying, hey, we got to settle for that because that's not a good shot. However... When they're hitting 50% of their threes, AJ, that's a good shot to them. So you have to adjust. You have to fight through screens, and you cannot continuously go under screens and allow their guards to get good looks from three-point range. And that's what lost us the game, AJ. Not to mention, we got out-rebounded. 
How does that happen, AJ? How do the Kentucky Wildcats get out-rebounded 32-28 to at home to this South Carolina team? It's frustrating. It doesn't make sense. But if we want to grow and we want to get better, AJ, and we want to turn this season and right this ship and have a storyline much like that 2013-2014 Kentucky Wildcats team, it starts with effort. It starts with fighting through screens. It starts with communication on defense. It starts with rebounding and fighting. Stop worrying. Everyone in Big Blue Nation, stop worrying about the offense, the offense, the offense. It's not that, guys. It's not. It's simply defense. And, AJ, you and I have been around the game of basketball for far too long to not know that everyone says, what is defense? What is 99% of your defense, AJ? It's effort. It's effort. We all know that. It's effort. So it's frustrating to see that we have one of the most dominant bigs that's ever rebounded the basketball in college history and a team around him that can jump out the gym with Damian Collins. And I know we did not have Jacob Toppin, but we have guys that can rebound. And it's a team effort, and we're not doing it. And you're going to lose games regardless. You said it in our preview, AJ. It's the SEC. I don't care if they're the last team or the first team. If you fail to show up, it's going to be extremely difficult to win a basketball game. Regardless if you're at home and you've got 25,000 people jumping out the gym or if you're on the road. And, you know, this – you said it, AJ. I texted you right when we lost. It feels like rock bottom. But that text, AJ, was sent to both you and I from our father. And he said, hey, guys, I've been a diehard UK fan for far longer than either of you have even been alive. And he told us this is far from rock bottom. But it sure as hell feels like rock bottom, AJ, because we have kissed the mountaintops. We have felt the glory of national championships. We felt the glory of 38-0 seasons. And now, for the last couple of seasons, we felt defeat at the hands of some of our most hated rivals. And it feels like we continuously give that stapled win, that program win, to people that do not deserve it. And they're having a lot of fun at our expense, AJ. And I, and I know all Big Blue Nation, it doesn't sit right because that's supposed to be our job. We're supposed to be doing the work. But Cal challenged us, AJ, and I, and I hear him, and I'm right there. We have to continue to rally around this team. We have to continue to support these players because we've seen something special happen before. You painted that picture. And if we don't believe in this team, then we don't deserve to go on that ride. So I, I'm, I'm still right there, AJ. But for you... We lose this heartbreaker, one of the worst losses in recent memory of the Calipari era. What sticks out to you of how we lost this game, AJ? And then more importantly, we got a massive game coming up against a top five Tennessee team. Is there anything that can be done to right this ship quickly enough to where we're not going to get run out of the gym like we did against Alabama and just an embarrassment on national TV? Or... or or can we not do anything and we're just going to have to say, hey, we're going to walk into Tennessee and we're going to take our bruises and we're going to hopefully be able to limp out. So let me start, Sam, <clears throat> with um, the South Carolina game, obviously. And 
um, you know, we talked about it and you just outlined it. And we, we, we talked about just a few guys on their team that could catch fire from the three point line and we couldn't allow that to happen. Right. And that's exactly what we allowed to happen. You made a joke on last episode, Sam, I don't even know if you remember, but you said, why does it always feel like when we play a team, some guy has a career high or has some crazy night where he's just off the walls and I see it in my nightmares. Right. And so, you know, that thoughts in your mind before the game and you're like, Oh, that, that it, it could happen but you're really not thinking it's actually going to happen. And then when it does happen, it's just so disheartening. And this is where it started because it, it did start with the three point shot, but there was also one other thing that was going on and it was the ability for the South Carolina guards to break us down off of the dribble. I mean, the amount of times that our guards, Wheeler in particular, got beat off of the dribble. We're too late to rotate over. And when we do rotate over, their guards were good enough to kick it to the open man. And you start letting them get to the basket for for just easy lay-ins. And then the hoop gets bigger. And it gets bigger. And then the three-point shot starts falling. And then it's just this snowball effect. And before we ever even composed ourselves and acted like we wanted to compete in this game, we are already down by 12 to 14 points, Sam. And that ability for South Carolina to break us down off the dribble just caused so many problems defensively for us. And, and you outlined it, Sam, the defense is the issue. It's, it's not the offense right now. And, and defense is all about effort and, and rebounding is all about effort in a tenacity in a grit and a willingness to fight. And we keep using this word fight and you hear Oscar Shibway talk about it and coach Calipari use this word and, but it's real guys. It, it's a real thing. The guy who's willing, the team who's willing to fight the hardest normally is the one who comes out on top in these games. And so to get beat off the dribble like that and to, and to look like we were a step slow in that department and then to get out rebounded and out hustled in that area, that was disheartening to see. And that's why we lost the game. Because outside of that, we did some good things on offense. Sam, I'd like to point out the fact that that's two games in a row now that Antonio Reeves is really coming into his own, starting to play good basketball. We got a huge lift off the bench with C.J. Frederick coming back from his hand injury, finger injury, and being inserted into the lineup. Talk about a microwave. That's our microwave, right? And so... Let's be completely honest. We're without Jacob Toppin. Cason Wallace goes out with an injury towards the beginning of the game. So there's two starters that we don't have for this game. It's not an excuse. It is, it is not an excuse. We talked about last episode, Sam. What do the good and great teams around the country do? They find a way to win no matter what, right? I love the fight from the Kentucky Wildcats down the stretch. They didn't give up. And it, it was led by C.J. Frederick. And, and you listen to his comments after the game in the confidence that he has in this team and, and in Coach Calipari. 
These guys aren't going to give up, Sam. They're not just going to roll over and die. But it needs to be more consistent. Game in and game out. And you cannot have these brutal starts because they're killing us. It magnifies every other thing that you're doing wrong within the game. You can, co- you can overcome some of these mistakes, especially against a team like South Carolina. But when you, when you spot them 14 to 15 points, I don't care who you're playing. You have to be perfect the rest of the way to be able to overcome those deficits and win. And when you're not perfect the rest of the way, it seems like we get blown out. And, and that's the perception that's out there right now. And you know, Sam, you brought it up. Some people are trying to clown on Kentucky and kick us while we're, they're down, and, and, and so be it. Have your fun, because it's not going to last forever, and we all know that. But overall, a very disappointing game. A few strong, a few positives to take away from this game, and, and that will lead me into... I'm just going to tell you, Sam, an overarching theme for the Kentucky Wildcats heading into this Tennessee game. And then I'll I'll give it back to you and let you break them down more from an X's and O's standpoint. But something that I wanted to talk about and something that I've been thinking about for the last few days is, okay, let's go back a week to the game against Alabama, right? A lot of pressure on this Kentucky basketball team in that moment and leading into that game, right? A lot of pressure from the outside world the fans, social media, the college basketball world in general, they understood they weren't playing well. We need to really get a win. Sam, me and you even stressed it on the podcast. We need to find a way to get a big-time win. Kind of put a lot of emphasis on this Alabama game. And we go out there, and, you know, we've, we've broken it down, but it was a struggle, a brutal weird first half where we hung around and then fell off late and then just a second half that's about as ugly as it gets from a shooting perspective and and trying to be able to claw your way back into a game but a lot of pressure on that team in that moment and, and things felt like they were crumbling here's where i see this game differently this weekend against tennessee we've now hit that point in the season we've gotten to rock bottom We've gotten to the point where people are calling us no good. The expectations on the players from the outside world at this point is gone. It's done. Nobody thinks we're good. Nobody thinks we are capable of anything. There's people like me and you, Sam, within Big Blue Nation who still believe in this team, in this program, because we've been around it for so long. But outside world, they don't see it that way. And that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. That's okay. But this is a huge opportunity right now for the Kentucky Wildcats to go into this game against Tennessee, one of the top five teams in the country, right? No pressure. No expectations. Everyone expects you to lose. Everyone expects you to get blown out. Vegas has already said you had an 11.5 point underdog. That's a mighty turn from a 5.5 point underdog on the road at Alabama last week. Now, isn't it, Sam? A six point. Alabama and Tennessee are not six points of difference, okay? Let me just tell you that right there, okay? So 
there is a massive swing in public perception on who the Kentucky Wildcats are. This is now our opportunity to play a game where there's no expectations. Lay it all on the line and see what happens. You may lose. You may be able to pull one out and get a victory. And if you can, that's what can kickstart the second half of the season and at least give the Kentucky Wildcats a chance, a fighting chance, to make some noise and find their way into the NCAA tournament, Sam. You could still win the SEC tournament and get an automatic qualifier even if we lose eight games within SEC play. There's always that possibility. I'm just looking forward to what the Kentucky Wildcats can do this weekend with the expectations of the world now off of them in a little bit of a different mindset. And we'll see if that can propel them to a faster start, more energy, a team effort throughout the entire game. And if we can do that, regardless of whether we win or lose, Sam, it's a step in the right direction and it can be big for this program in this season. So that's my overarching kind of theme for this game and uh, more on the side of narratives and and what have you. But um, I'll throw it back to you, Sam. And before, before you get into some of the X's and O's about Tennessee, I did want to ask you one quick question and, you know, we're not in the business of hot takes and, and all that sort of sort of thing. But I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on what Oscar Sheway had to say as our team leader after the game against South Carolina seemed as if there might have been some, you know, shade thrown at some teammates potentially. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that and whether you thought that that's something that can help this team may hurt them. Um, and then, you know, get into some of the, the X's and O's and what we might see unfold in some of the key matchups against the Tennessee Volunteers tomorrow. Yeah, for those of you that maybe aren't familiar with what AJ is referring to with the Oscar Sheboy quote from the post game after the loss following South Carolina, basically what Sheboy ultimately said, now this is not for verbatim, so don't quote me here, but... AJ, he was basically um, saying that there, there's players on this team right now that are not willing to fight, and, and that's what he said. I mean, they, you know, they're not willing to buy in and play their role and fight and do what it takes to get wins during a stretch of the season where clearly this Kentucky Wildcats team is struggling, AJ. And Oscar knows it. He knows when you struggle like this, teams find themselves in these these areas, AJ. But we've said it and will continue to say it. Good teams struggle, but they also at the same time find ways to win. I've watched, AJ, numerous college basketball teams this year struggle at times, whether it's for game stretches or if it's in-game stretches where they cannot find rhythm. But they still fight. And they show grit and they show toughness. And Oscar was challenging his teammates that are currently not doing that to step up. And, you know, truthfully, AJ, at first, my raw reaction was this isn't a great look for Oscar Sheboy and his Kentucky team because now it seems as though he's calling his teammates out. But my honest opinion, AJ, is 
it's not him clawing at his teammates and saying, hey, you guys are not doing what it takes and it's on you. It's on you. Because the first thing he said during that interview, AJ, is he admitted that he played terrible against Alabama, one of his worst performances in college basketball to date. And he was taking accountability for his defensive presence and his efforts as of late. And it continues to be a problem for this Kentucky team. So he took ownership. But he was also saying, with his teammates that are not fighting, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I think a lot of people would. I think they would say, hey, that's a bad teammate. He's throwing his brothers in arms under a bus and saying they're not willing to fight. But I think it would be more of an issue to me, AJ, if it wasn't the truth. But you and I can both watch the games and we can see the players that are not fighting. We've gotten on here and you and I do not like to point fingers at players. They're kids. They're figuring it out. So I'm not going to be one here to say X, Y, and Z as far as names go and say you're not fighting. You're not doing what it takes. But Oscar is... And he's saying, look, I'm not going to throw any one name under this bus, but there are kids on this team that are not doing what it takes. And I get it, man. I've, I've been on losing teams before, AJ. I have personal experience with that. When I went to college, AJ, you know, and for the listeners that don't, I played on the Kentucky Wildcats hockey team. We started, I don't even remember, AJ. I, I try to black it out. I think we started like 0-12 oh, or 15 or Something like that. And AJ, you've watched me play sports my entire life. I don't think I've ever been on a losing team, let alone something like that. And that taught me a lot about toughness, about determination, and about sticking with it because it's easy to give up when you're losing. It's really tough. It's really tough. But losing reveals character to me, AJ. And what is... What is the character that's being displayed by this Kentucky Wildcats team? And that is what Oscar Shibwe is challenging during his interview, AJ. He's saying, hey, we're not even showing that despite losing, that we are coming together because of it. And that's where my concern lies. This, this losing habits, being 10-6 and six at this point in the season, AJ, should almost bring these guys together even more. Because I'm telling you, AJ, when I was on that hockey team, it brought us together. It sucked. We hated it. But some of those guys are my best friends now because I look back and I say, you stuck it out with me. And yeah, sure, we finally started winning some games later in the season. And boy, that's the most gratifying feeling in the world. And I hope this Kentucky team can do the exact same team and rectify their season. And it's a big opportunity to do it against a top-five team in the country where you laid it out perfectly, AJ. The expectations for this Kentucky team to go out there and perform tomorrow afternoon are, are, are zilch, AJ. They're, they're zilch. I, I mean, you said it. We're, what was it, 11.5, 12.5-point underdogs? We've got analytic predictors saying the matchup is a 90 winnability for this Tennessee team. I mean, everyone's writing us off, and rightfully so. I mean, we have not put out a product that shows that we can keep up with a top-five team in the nation. Nonetheless, a Ken Palm defensive efficiency team that's, if I'm not mistaken, last time I checked, AJ, number two in the entire country. Yeah, number one in the entire country. This is a defensive team that does not take possessions off. They defend their asses off, AJ, and they refuse to give you 
the looks that you are trying to get. So this is going to be a full-on test for the Kentucky Wildcats, but what a better opportunity. I'm I'm serious, AJ. What a better opportunity than to go out there and play like you've got nothing to lose because truly, AJ, we're 10-6. and We're probably right now, at best, a bubble team fighting their way into the tournament. So let's fight. Let's do everything we can to steer the ship right now and prove that we can hang with a top five team. I'm not necessarily saying I have the expectations to walk in and win against this Tennessee Volunteers team, but I'm also not saying that we don't have the pieces to do so because we absolutely do, AJ. And here's how I'll break it down for all of you guys. This Tennessee team, like I said, defends their ass off. They've got a lot of veterans on this team that they rely on, AJ. This is a team that is not really comprised of star freshmen. This is comprised of sophomores, seniors, juniors, returners that carry the weight. They've got how many, AJ? I I think they've got four, yeah, four players that average double digits. That is a team that spreads the ball and spreads the wealth. They've got Muscovy, who's a returner, AJ, that has proven to be a very difficult big in the SEC. And I hate him just as much as the next guy, but he causes problems. He plays with high energy. He's scoring about 13 points a game. He fights on the boards to grab around four to five rebounds a game. And he does a lot. He steals effectively. I mean, he's averaging two steals a game, AJ, and that's a guy that will continuously make Oscar Sheboy's night a living hell if he fights the way he has up to this point in the season, AJ. They've got another guy, Jonas Adu, who is a 6'11 freshman who gets a healthy amount of minutes, and he's he's got the length, AJ. They've The thing is they can put out various lineups against this Kentucky Wildcats team that is going to be exactly what we struggle with, length and, and athleticism and speed. So not to cut you off, Sam, but um, you're talking about some of their, their big guys. Vescovi is the left-handed guard knocking down the threes that you were talking about. But the, the big you brought up the one big man, I do, but also Plavsic. Is the seven one guy, and so we, you know, we've seen Shibwe struggle with length. It's happened multiple times, and so these there's multiple guys on this team that they can throw out there against Shibwe, who are a couple inches taller than him, that can that can really cause some issues. But you talked about Viscovi, Sam. I mean, the guy's been there forever, and he's the leader of that team, and he's been a Kentucky killer and a guy who can go out there and score at a high clip, and when he gets hot, he's a microwave. He can stroke it from downtown. He reminds me of that Manny Ginobili type of player from overseas, the lefty shot. He's he's not the fastest guy in the world or the most skilled guy in the world, but he's crafty. He knows how to use angles in his body to get to the rim, and then he's a great shooter. So you always got to keep tabs on him. No, absolutely. I mean, he can shoot the lights out of a gym, and I've seen him do it multiple times this season, AJ. I mean, they have a huge win over Kansas earlier in this season, and he played phenomenal that night, and I watched it. And you know, if we're going to talk about guard play, AJ, we can't skip over Sakai Ziegler. I mean, he is the heartbeat of this team. He is 
a 5'9 guard, so it's going to be an opportunity, obviously, for us to keep Severe Wheeler in the game and not have to hide him at times. But that kid is truly the heartbeat of this team. I mean, he's averaging a little over four assists. He's putting up around 10 points a game, and he does everything. He runs the floor. He defends his ass off, and he is this heartbeat. He averages 2.3 steals per game. Per game. AJ, he, he is a game wrecker. And he plays with high energy, as does this entire Tennessee roster. I've said it before. I'll say it again. But there's a lot of people that we have to account for, AJ. There's a lot of X's and O's. They, we said it. They're the number one defense efficiency team in the entire country against a, a Kentucky Wildcats team that, let's be honest, at times have showed we really struggle to find an offensive identity. So what, so what do we have to do, AJ? So what, that's the next question, right? So to me... We talked about it. We're not even given a chance to to compete in this game, let alone win on the road. What we have to do is defend our asses off, AJ. We have to. We, We absolutely have to bring the energy. We have to match their energy and their physicality. Because if we don't, we're not going to be able to keep up in, in this game. And we're not going to be able to keep them at bay at home. That's for sure. We've got to start with a new defensive presence. We have to communicate. We have to be physical. In our on-ball defending, AJ, you have to be better. You have to be more physical. And here's the thing, AJ. The way I'm going to compare it, seriously, is maybe enjoyable for some of you NBA fans. AJ, AJ and I are big fans of LeBron James, and we, we tend to tune into his games with the Lakers. And AJ, it's no secret. They started the season in terrible fashion, losing night in and night out. Despite they put together, they couldn't find a way to win. And a lot of people early on, AJ, were blaming it on the exact same problem that everyone was blaming Kentucky's losses on, offense. They're saying, hey, they can't shoot. They've got no three-point shooters. They have no ability to score off the dribble. Blah, blah, blah. Sounds like the exact same problem everyone thinks the Kentucky Wildcats are going through. However, as the season has progressed, they've been able to win a few games here and there. But the truth has come out about that team, and it's the same thing about this Kentucky Wildcats team, AJ. Neither of them can defend. And neither of them can defend on ball. It's the biggest issue in today's game AJ because you know why a lot of teams both at this college level and the next NBA level create all of their offense on high pick and roll screens they initiate offense so often with high pick and roll screens because everyone's an athlete now AJ and we continuously showed that we have such an inability to defend the high pick and roll screen. And that is because of our on ball defending because we're not getting up into their grill and making their night extremely difficult to pass the ball in easy screen situations. So what I'm saying is we can talk about the X's and O's. We can talk about all these players, but if we don't defend AJ We will not even be in this game because we know that they are going to be able to make our night difficult on the offensive end with their defensive efficiency. But if we don't do the same to them, AJ, 
why bother is my honest my honest question why bother so so do you do you want the Kentucky Wildcats to to do specific things tomorrow night or tomorrow morning for me I guess 11 a.m. but do you want to see specific things out of this Kentucky Wildcats as far as X's and O's and matchups go that truly can bring us an edge or are you still kind of back to your original narrative are you just saying hey we're not given a chance against this Tennessee team let's just go out there play free play hard and it's going to come down to a compete level and an energy level and a fight level or do you actually see the Kentucky Wildcats matching up because here's my thing AJ to finish this off beginning of the season if we were matching up against this team and pretending you know we're four and oh right and we maybe played them way earlier in the season for some reason. I would have spent a lot of my breath here talking about the matchups, talking about the X's and O's, talking about the way this Tennessee team is so efficient defensively and ways for us to break that down and ways for us to succeed against this team. But but this Kentucky Wildcats team is not in that position. And to this point in the season, I'm now more of the mentality – it's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Sally's and Joe's. And our Sally's and Joe's need to be grown men against this Tennessee team and show that they are willing to defend at an elite level. Because, AJ, you said it to me. This was a team at one point in the season was the second overall defense efficiency team in the country. I'm not talking about Tennessee. I'm talking about Kentucky. Now we've dropped down just inside the top 100. We're at 98. You were the one that told me that, according to Kim Palm efficiency metrics. That's where I'll lay my case. We've got to be a different team defensively against this Tennessee Volunteers team. 100%, Sam, and I think... I think majority of what we do have to do on Saturday comes down to the compete level, the willingness to fight, and the willingness to do the dirty work. Look, you outlined it about their defense. Okay? Number one in defensive efficiency in the country. Let's look at that on a deeper level real quick. They are number one in the country in field goal percentage, opponent field goal percentage at 38%. They are number seven in the country in turnover percentage as a defense. They are number one in the country at opponent three-point percentage. They are number 12 in the country, two-point percentage, holding teams to 42.9%, 20.9% from the three-point line. They are the f- fifth leading team in steals this season. And they block shots at the 27th rate in the entire nation. So you just look up and down their defense. They rebound the ball well. They defend on the ball very well. They turn you over very well. And they force you to take tough shots. They're going to do that tomorrow. They're going to do all of that, right? How do you combat that? On offense for us, Sam, continue to do the things that we've been working on all season. You don't need to do something completely different. I feel like I talk about this every single game. Continue to do the things that you do. 
Something we talked about off air and that I'll bring up right now. I'd like to see a lineup out there without Xavier Wheeler. And this is not a diss to him at all. But with CJ being back, let's break this down for a second. You're playing Oscar Sheboy. You're not, you're not not playing him. So when he's in the game, you need to space the floor. We've seen at times the way that the floor can shrink when he's on the floor with a guy, let's say, like Damian Collins or Lance Ware, who are zero threat of an outside shot. It clogs up the lane. It prevents guys from driving to the basket. You've seen it over the last couple of games. What, three or four times now, Chris Livingston has driven into the lane and he's got he's beaten his man, but he gets to the free throw line and goes in to either lay it up or shoot that floater. And there's two guys just standing there. And they're not even trying to defend him, but they're already there because Oscar and Damian are there. Oscar and Lance are there or whatever the case may be. So let's try to open up the floor a little bit more on offense. And let's see if potentially, you know, we'll see what's going on with Jacob Toppin and if he's able to play in this game, but maybe a lineup of Oscar with Jacob. And then you're playing three guards, Kaysen, Antonio, and CJ, our three best three-point shooters, right? And so potentially space the floor a little bit more, create some problems for their defense. But there's just no denying the fact that everybody's seen the tape from what happened against Alabama. You don't think Rick Barnes and Tennessee are going to do the exact same thing. They're going to put a big guy on Oscar Shibway and make him try to go up over the length and cause issues for him. And then when we look at the other side of the ball, Sam, you're looking at a Tennessee team that's going to do the exact same thing that Alabama did. They have two guards in Zakai Ziegler and, and Viscovi. Ziegler was a freshman last year, and he played like an upperclassman. Now he's got a year under his belt. Viscovi is a senior, along with multiple other seniors that they play. So this isn't a team that is going to make these freshman mental mistakes. They're going to do what good teams do, and they're going to they're gonna realize what you don't do well, and they're going to attack it. They're going to attack us down low. They're going to put Oscar Shibway in conflict. They are going to try to switch him onto a different man and break him down off the dribble, or they're going to try that high pick and roll, and they're going to force him to make a decision on whether he wants to take the guard driving to the basket or whether he wants to protect the the rim with the lob. Okay? And you've seen him struggle with that at times. It's why he got yanked out of the Alabama game. Tennessee's going to try to do the same thing, Sam. Absolutely. They're going to attack us where we are weak. So we need to be prepared for those types of things. So when we talk about the X's and O's, those things right there are things that we need to be paying attention to and game planning for as a team. But the overarching sentiment of this game is a willingness to compete and fight. Sam, we talk about the fact that we are one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country, right? Right now, we're number four in offensive rebounds in the country. You want to know who's number one? The Tennessee Volunteers, okay? So you're looking at a team that re- that offensive rebounds at a higher clip than we do. What did South Carolina just do to us? They beat us up on the boards and got a lot of second chance opportunities, which helped them win that game. The margin for error is even shorter in this game. It's smaller. If you allow them to get these second chance opportunities, it's going to be a blowout. We are going to get run off of this court. You have to, have to, as a team, bear down, block out, 
and fight for the ball. Fight for the ball. We know how Tennessee feels about us. They hate us. We hate them, right? They smell blood in the water. I've said this previously on the podcast. These really good teams can smell blood in the water. They're going to come and try to step on our throat early and go up early and end this game right away. We need to have that resiliency to start the game. Not in the second half. Well, we need it in the second half, but it can't come then for the first time. It needs to start at the tip. Fight. Claw. Okay? This isn't a team like Alabama who is going to just score at an elite clip unless you don't defend. Alabama can score even when you defend at a high rate. This Tennessee team... Let's go back a couple years, and it's the same this season, Sam. You've seen it at times with them. They can struggle to score the basketball, but that's when you play very tight, hard-nosed defense on them. That's how we keep this game close. If we keep this game close, all of the pressure is on them. All of it. They are expected to win. They are expected to win handedly. Do you know what that will be like for them if we've been getting blown out by these other teams and we go on their home court and win? All you have to do, Sam, is keep this game close. The closer you keep this game and the longer the clock winds down, the more and more pressure is put on the Tennessee Volunteers. So you fight like hell. You get on the the boards, both defensively and offensively. You understand the mismatches that they have and where they're going to try to take advantage of you and have a counter plan to it. Continue to run your offense as you have all season. Let's continue to try to space out the floor more. And we'll see what happens. I mean, that's really how I see this game, Sam. There's a lot of variance in this game. We could lose by 25. We could keep it close and lose. We could potentially pull it out. We could lose by 10. There's a there's a lot of scenarios in which I see playing out, so I don't know where the hell this thing is going to go. But I do know one thing. If we show up and fight like we haven't fought all season, I like our chances tomorrow. That's all I'm going to say. And if you have anything else to add about this game, any last-minute tidbits, nuggets of information, feel free, Sam. But we do have one more segment to get to. we got to give you guys our college basketball picks for this weekend. Lighten the mood up a little bit. Have a little fun before we get out of here so we can all enjoy our weekend. But, Sam, I'll give it back to you real quick if you have anything else left to say about this game. If not, then go ahead and uh, why don't you give the people a few of your first picks. And just a reminder... I was winning in the contest last week. I was up on Sam, nine points to eight. I went out on a limb, took a few teams I maybe I shouldn't have last weekend, but I go 0-4. Not a good look. So I'm sitting here with nine points still after three weeks, five and 12 on my picks overall. Sam, he goes a solid two and two last week. He gets three points. So he's now bumped up to 11. He's got me by two. His overall record is now six out of 12 after three weeks. So Sam right now, you know, if this is Kentucky and Louisville, he's sitting on the couch. I'm sitting on the floor. We'll see what happens this week. But Sam, any last minute 
things about the Tennessee Volunteers and then your picks, my friend. Yeah, the last little nuggets that I'll give our listeners here today is uh, both Jacob Toppin and Kaysom Wallace played a combined eight minutes against South Carolina. Obviously, Jacob Toppin completely ruled out in that game, and Kaysom Wallace starts first eight minutes and then is ruled out indefinitely for the remainder of the game. Both currently listed AJ as day-to-day, as according to Bruiser Flint, assistant coach for Kentucky. However, confirmed sources within the program have said that Kaysom Wallace is on plan to play tomorrow night. They have not disclosed as far as if he's going to be on any limit or minute restrictions, AJ, but the plan is a go. He is ready and healthy. He was suffering from back spasms, which has been a reoccurring issue in prior AJ. However, it sounds like they've been able to bring him back. He's good to go. Sounds like he's ready to start tomorrow. Still no full update on Jacob Toppin. However, he, like I said, listed day-to-day, could see him being able to start tomorrow night. We'll have to kind of wait and see. Maybe stay tuned for tomorrow morning. Age and I may be tweeting out some updates as far as his status goes prior to the game start. But just thought that was worthy of note because obviously two massive players that we will need to be able to perform against this Tennessee team. We need to get healthy. We need to get right. And AJ broke it down for us. I mean, I love the way you attacked it. That is has to be our game plan for this Tennessee Volunteers team if we want to make it a smaller variance as far as our ability to keep it a close game and potentially get a huge redefining year type win at a number five Tennessee Volunteers team. But AJ, thank you for so eloquently bringing up the fact that I am now ahead of you in the college picks, AJ. Uh, Thank you very much. But nevertheless, Back to business. I got to keep my streak rolling, hopefully improving off of last week's 2-2 two and two record for me. AJ, I will start in the ACC as a struggling team, much like Kentucky, finds themselves on the road as Duke takes on Clemson. Clemson, at times, has showed flashes, AJ, that they can be a top 25 team. Same with this Duke Devils team. Both teams that are continuously fighting to find their identity, both teams that are hovering around that top 25 range, I'm going to take Duke on the road against this Clemson Tigers team. I think they're going to be able to get the win outright and cover the spread. I'll next hop over to a in-state rivalry game, HA, as the Texas Tech Red Raiders take on the Texas Longhorns on the road. Now, as all of Big Blue Nation knows, Texas is currently without their head coach, Chris Beard, as he has been fired for some pretty horrific allegations that have come forth against him. AJ, obviously John Calipari, has been linked to this coaching opening position. However, Texas is the favorite at home, obviously, as a top 25 team. They have continuously showed they are a team to be reckoned with. They have a heck of a roster. And preseason, AJ, they were one of those bubble teams that was predicted to go to the Final Four. However, Texas Tech always 
always gives their absolute best effort in any scenario, whether it's the basketball court or the football gridiron. And I absolutely love the Texas Tech Red Raiders on the road against this Texas Longhorns team. Quite the upset opportunity is Texas Tech is a struggling team that's just above 500, but I do think they're going to put forth a hell of an effort on Saturday against this Texas Longhorns team. Well, quite the uh, quite the bold prediction there, Sam, and two games that I really am looking forward to um, seeing this weekend is there's a lot of great basketball, and you talk about that Clemson Tigers team, the team that we brought up in our preview as well of the South Carolina Gamecocks. South Carolina was actually able to go and beat the Clemson Tigers in the second game of the season. When you look at Clemson, Sam, that's a team that has won 10 out of 11 games at this point and is now 5-0 and and sitting in first place by themselves in the ACC Conference. So a huge chance for them to get a good win on their home court against a Duke Blue Devils team that has been up and down this season. But then again, a great chance for Duke to beat the number one team in their conference and start to build their resume. And the first game I'm going to look at, Sam, (sighs) I'm not really proud of this. I'm going to be honest because you all heard me come on here last week and I made the case for the Kentucky Wildcats against the Alabama Crimson Tide, and boy, was I wrong. Dead wrong. But I'm going right back to the well, Sam. And if they lose this week, I promise you, I will not come on here on this podcast anymore and pick them this year. But the pressure's off. A win is absolutely needed. And I think the Wildcats find a way to dig deep, win this game outright as an 11.5 point underdog. It may not be pretty, but I see them fighting like hell tomorrow. And I told you, if they can keep it close, if they can keep it close, they got a chance. The one other X factor about the game that I'm looking forward to, we talked about the on-ball defense being not very good. I'm challenging Kaysen Wallace, C.J. Frederick, Antonio Reeves, and Xavier Wheeler. You four, defend your asses off tomorrow. Kaysen, we talked about you. The number one thing we talked about you heading into the season was your aggressiveness as a defender, an on-ball defender. Calipari, put him on their point guard. Put him on Ziegler tomorrow. Make his life a living hell. Make him work to get the ball up the court. What do you got to lose at this point? I'm taking the Kentucky Wildcats tomorrow with the major, major, major upset over the Tennessee Volunteers. And Sam... I took them last week, and I'm going back to the well again. I took TCU. They lost an absolute heartbreaker by one point. It was a tough game. Tomorrow, they got Kansas State. It's on TCU's home court. They just had a game against Texas the other night that I watched after Arkansas and Alabama. TCU had control of that game the entire way. They crumbled down the stretch a little bit. Texas made a valiant effort to come back and win that game. TCU's headed back on their own home court against a good Kansas State team. It's a one-point spread. Should be a hell of a game. I'm looking at the TCU Horn Frogs to come away with a victory on their own home court. I'm going to take the one-point favorite. TCU, Sam, give me your next two picks. 
Yeah, my next two picks, um, two teams that you should be fairly familiar with as AJ and I recently broke them down in our updated SEC power rankings. But AJ, I'm going to go over to Auburn at home taking on this trending Mississippi State team, both sitting at a respective Auburn 13-3 and and Mississippi State 12-4 and currently. Auburn at home, they are currently favored, if I'm not mistaken, AJ, right around seven-ish points. I am taking Auburn at home with the points. I think this team and Wendell Green the second and some of their other veterans are going to be able to stretch this game out at home. That arena is going to be going crazy as these two teams hate each other, and it's going to be a fun matchup within the SEC. I like Auburn at home. Take the points. Then, for my last pick of the week, AJ, I will be taking on a keynote matchup between this Arizona Wildcats team taking on the Oregon Ducks on the road, AJ. I think this Oregon Ducks team is a little overanalyzed and a little under-respected. They currently sit at 9-8, and eight, AJ. They have had a tough sledding through the beginning of the season. They've taken on a lot of huge teams thus far, and they've competed. They haven't found a way to win. Unfortunately, AJ... For my pick this week, that trend is going to have to continue as I'm taking Arizona on the road against this Oregon Ducks team. Oregon has a heck of a home crown advantage. They've got a crazy floor and stadium that I absolutely despise watching, but I will be tuned into this game tomorrow afternoon at 5 p.m. Arizona's favored by four points, AJ. I think they outright win, obviously, and they cover that spread. Those are the picks. Let's see how they shake out. Yes, sir. And uh, for my third pick, I'm going to go back to the Big 12 as that has seemed to be conference with a lot of great matchups so far this year. And we have a Iowa State team who is one of the best defensive teams in the country going to take on the Kansas Jayhawks. And you saw Kansas, they almost fell on their home floor, something that does not happen very often just the other night. And I think they have a big bounce back game, prove who they are and why they're one of the best teams in the country, taking down the Iowa State Cyclones tomorrow. So give me the Kansas Jayhawks, Sam, taking a page out of your playbook from week two when you took them against the Missouri Tigers. For my last pick, we're going to do a little late night action, what I like to call Pac-12 after dark, baby. And we're going to look at this USC Trojans team taking on a Utah Utes team that has found themselves struggling a little bit. When I look at this USC team, I like what I see. You know, they've lost some games here, but they have played a lot of good teams this year. They've held in those games. They've looked solid. They've been able to play well in their home court. You're looking at USC right now, about a four and a half point favorite at home against Utah. I just think the Trojans are a little bit too much for Utah traveling on the road. Huge rivalry game. I think the Trojans will be looking for a little bit of a revenge when it comes to the sports there. They did lose in the Pac-12 championship game in football to Utah. So look for the Trojans to get just a little bit of a wrench on their home court in basketball, taking the victory late tomorrow night out on the West Coast. And Sam, that's all we have for today, my friend. 
another episode in the books that is now 42 that we have completed, continuing to try to grow the All Out Kentucky podcast. We appreciate all of you guys tuning in. We appreciate all of you sticking with this basketball team through thick and thin. And like I said earlier in the podcast episode, just remember, guys, the tough times will not always last. And most of the time when we experience these tough times, something beautiful can come out on the other side. And we're going to continue to support our Kentucky Wildcats through thick and thin. And another opportunity tomorrow, Sam, for a massive win. A win that could turn the tides on the season and give new hope to a Kentucky Wildcats team that once was preseason ranked top five in the country and was a very popular and trending pick around the country to reach the Final Four. Let's see if the Kentucky Wildcats can get back to that pedigree and start to build their resume tomorrow on the road in Knoxville against the Tennessee Volunteers. Again, Sam, thank you for your time. Before we get out here, just want to let you all know we will be back on Tuesday with another episode. Me and Sam are also planning a bonus episode for you guys coming out next week. So we'll have a lot of content coming your way. I also just wanted to touch on the fact that I talked about it a little before the New Year's, but just wanted to give you guys a little update on what we got going on here at the All Out Kentucky podcast. We will have our YouTube page up here shortly. I think we're going to have it ready to go for the next episode is the plan. So we're going to start to bring you guys the podcast in audio form. We're also going to bring you guys the podcast through YouTube so you can watch the episodes. You can see me and Sam's face, see what we look like. We're going to have some fun with it. And next order of business for us is setting up a way for us to connect with all of you, the listeners. So I will continue to update you guys all on that, but planning on doing something, some sort of a mailbag type situation where we can get in touch with you guys, you guys can get in touch with us, you guys can tell us what you like, maybe dislike about the podcast, we can start to connect with some of you guys, start to grow this audience, and have some fun along the way. So with all that being said, again, Sam, thank you for your time. Thank you for everybody listening. Big day tomorrow for the Kentucky Wildcats. Let's see what can happen. Have a good night, and go Cats. See y'all. There's only one thing left to say. O-C-A-T-S. Cats, cats, cats.